Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN. Your home for K-State Athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. You know when it's Thursdays, I go through my gimmick. It's Wednesday, you know what that means, and I promote what's going on on AEW Dynamite that night. Last night was blood and guts. And I'm sure you thought, if, you, if you're not a, a watcher of wrestling, you're probably thinking of blood and guts, just a name for a, uh, <laughs> a match. Doesn't really mean anything, it's just, you know, to promote the show. No, it literally meant, you're going to see some blood and guts. Oh boy. I showed, I showed uh, Troy a clip of it. Before he came in, and very rarely has pro wrestling made me in any way squeamish, turn my stomach, freak me out in any way. They got interesting last night because in a match like that, they pull out weapons and stuff. And right, there were two weapons. I was like, I don't think I've ever seen that before. Broken beer bottles was one, and they got slammed into it and stuff. I'm like, Jesus! Like I remember, like. Think like a glass would break on the floor. Your mom's like, watch where you step. Don't step there. Don't step there. You get glass in your feet. And how that might just kill me if I got a shard of glass in my foot. And then something I've never seen before, a bed of nails. Unbelievable. Came out. And I. What the. Who the. Even me, I was thinking, like, like, you know, are they really like sharp nails? And then they got a shot of it close up. I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, those are nails, all right. And those are ginormous nails. And like three or four dudes got slammed into him. I'm like, Jesus, Tony Khan better be giving you guys a hell of a bonus for this match. It just, what the, who who had this idea? And and quite honestly, I was very surprised that three of the four guys that got slammed into it in, in the bed of nails, I'm sure it wasn't, you know. No. It, it wasn't painless. But they came out rather unscathed when it comes to the skin. Scratched up, not exactly punctured a ton. Valid. It did not see any blood. Moxley, John Moxley, who's one of the top guys, he got slammed into it last, and it tore him up. A bloody mess on the back. Good God. I was like, I, like I said earlier, I've never been too squeamish when it comes to matches in wrestling. I think I've seen it all. Last night, I think topped most of what I've ever seen in pro rest, professional wrestling. I got to give it to them. Got to give it to them. Lives on the line. They're a regular match. They could be killed at any time if one accident happens. You get slammed and you're, you know, things are just off the mark by an inch. Killed. Neck broken. You're done. Career's done. Paralyzed from your neck down. Yeah, but sure, let's, let's put a bed of nails behind you. See what happens. Welcome to the game. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, and Travion Berklin is here with us. I saw him this morning after an all-nighter. At the convenience store, and Trey, how many uh, hours of sleep last night? You 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 look dead. From what do you mean? Like today? When, like after you got done here, and left at what like nine o'clock? Yeah, and now you're back here at four. Mm-hmm. Any sleep at all? 
Yeah, I got like four hours. That's maybe. a big. That's a big amount. That's a big amount for Trey. Coming up at five ten, very uh, big segment coming up. It is our yearly conversation talking about No Stone Unturned. The fifteenth annual Wildcats for No Stone Unturned is taking place starting uh, tomorrow and Saturday here in Manhattan. And uh, Eric Wolford, former K State offensive lineman. He's now the offensive line coach for the Alabama Crimson Tide will be in studio, along with former K-State baseball coach Mike Clark, also stopping, stopping by to talk No Stone Unturned. I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing what's in the auction this year. That's one of my favorite things to mm-hmm. learn. What's up for grabs? What can I initially bid on that I'm just going to be crushed on later on because yeah. it's going to be too expensive for my pockets? Uh, but we'll talk get, No Stone Unturned at 510. Get that trip to uh, Alabama to watch them against Kentucky. Uh, that was one of them last year, or was it Kentucky? Uh, I, I forget. One of them was a trip to Kentucky last year for a game. Was it? Maybe it was the Alabama game. I think this year, I think so, there is, I don't know, it wasn't you that told me, but I think there is a trip to Tuscaloosa. Probably. In there. Probably. Thanks to Eric Wolford mm-hmm. and the uh, Wolford family and the Alabama Crimson Tide family. I, you know, I got to ask Sugar Bowl questions. I got to ask. <laughs> I got Nick yeah. Saban questions. Yeah, there there was not much conversation about Wolford during that week, was there? Uh, no. You know, we didn't get no. into that side of things. No, we're going to get into the Sugar Bowl. We're going to talk Sugar Bowl coming up uh, in the second hour. Plus, uh, in this first hour, King Felix, Felix and DK Uzama, had his first training camp practice with the Chiefs yesterday. He had his first post-practice press conference with the Chiefs media. I've cut it down to about three and a half minutes. We're going to hear a part of that, including you know what it's like now being a celebrity in his hometown of Kansas City, Missouri. His life has changed. I, I mean, you know how this is when you go home to Clay Center, right? Absolutely. Okay. I mean, I, I try to go into the grocery store to pick something up for uh, my family, like having a cookout or whatever. Just need a few more things. Like, hey, Mitch, run to the store before you get here. Sure. I go. I get stopped by everybody. Sure. I also used to work at that grocery store. So uh, a couple of familiar faces still around there. Can you get that off the shelf for us? That, that's what they're asking you. I'm not going to. Lo- oh, wait. Never mind. Yeah. You mean I'm asking them. Yeah, valid point. See, I wasn't <laughs> making the crack that way. That was not the intent. I meant it more as. You, you should have. That, that, that someone funny. mistakes you for a, an employee still is the way I was putting that. I, I tried to stop by the um, the meat department because for the last year I worked there, I worked in the meat department. That was one of my favorite jobs I've ever had still. But just because the guys were cool, and one of the guys still works back there. Shout out to Gary. Uh, still works back there. We could shoot the breeze about anything at any time. It, man, that was so much fun. Uh, big news earlier today. We now have our Big 12 basketball schedules for this upcoming season. Our only year, at least for now, with 14 teams in the conference. Uh we did not hear during Big 12 Media Days of what the schedules would look like. I don't think anybody asked, to be honest. But, you know, it was a week later, and we found out. So, patience, and we find out. Not only for the men's basketball team, the women's basketball team schedules were announced. So, we'll get to the women here in just a little bit. Here's the men's basketball Big 12 schedule for Jerome Tang in his second year. The home and away. So, to break it down for you real quick before I get to the actual games. Um, there'll be still 18 games, but it's, of course, no longer round-robin. Each Big 12 team will have five opponents that they will play both at home and on the road. They will have four opponents where they just play at home, and the other four only playing on the road. The home and away, 
for K-State is KU, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, West Virginia, and BYU. The home only is Baylor, UCF, Oklahoma, and TCU. Away only is Cincinnati, Houston, Texas, Texas Tech, um, and that's it. So first of all, K-State, other than UCF, will be playing the three other newcomers on the road. And it's been a long time just in general, I mean, that K-State has played against these opponents, but going on the road and playing at their house, it's been a long time. You're talking about the last time K-State played in Provo, Utah, was 1973. Last time at Houston was 1974. And the last time at Cincinnati was 1968, which, by the way, I also looked at the all-time series. K-State leads against BYU and Houston. They're down 7-1 to Cincinnati. Last time they played, of course, was a few years ago in the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, after getting out of uh, Dayton, Ohio, playing in the first round, losing to Cincinnati in the 6-11 matchup. Okay, so some other notes about this. You'll notice that both in men's basketball and football, K-State will be playing Texas on the road only. Honestly, a little bit bummed about the home-only schedule with Baylor. Baylor's cool, uh, but UCF, which was kind of eh last year. Right. Oklahoma, kind of eh last year. Got a couple of wins under their belt. And TCU will be interesting. But you don't have the, the real big names other than Baylor. Meanwhile, going on the road at Houston – Going to be a tough environment. They're, I mean, for most of last year, was the number one team in the country. A road trip to Texas is going to be tough. That's going to be a good team. United Supermarkets Arena, it depends, but that can be a tough pace to play. You know, Cincinnati, in the last three or four years, hasn't been the greatest basketball. They were NIT last year. But really through the 2010s decade, they've been you know bound for the NCAA tournament every year. I don't know much about Cincinnati basketball heading into this year. But it's the first time playing there in a long time. Interested to see how it goes. But, uh, you know, the road schedule just, it's going to be tough for K-State. It's the Big 12. Obviously, that's going to happen. The home and away has a bit of everything, I think. Where you have the real tough places to win, KU and Iowa State. You have kind of a, it's kind of random. It kind of feels fickle on how K-State's going to be performing. Uh, especially with you know K State finishing three and six on the road in Big Twelve play last year after winning their first two, you know it's tough for the Cats to win on the road. But places that been have been good and bad for K State in the past is Stillwater and Morgantown, and then BYU is a real wild card because you know playing at BYU, so you're going to the Mountain Time Zone. What time is that game going to tip off? You're playing in altitude. You're, and BYU wasn't like great last year. They were 19 and 15, middle of the pack in the whack. Um, hmm. So I mean, you're not really close to postseason basketball. That record in that conference, but BYU can also be at times a tough place to play. Uh, at times, they're a rabid fan base out there. There is no doubt about that, and that arena shapes up very well for their noise. Well, I'm not gonna act like I watch a whole lot of BYU basketball sure. at home. Sure. I've seen some rowdy environments. I've also seen some late season uh, games in Provo, Utah that aren't quite as rowdy. At least it doesn't feel that way. Um, so, But I'll take your word for it. Yeah, Expect they, K-State to have a rowdy fan base waiting for them when oh, they yeah. go to Provo. That, that, that's, 
yeah, it's going to be noisy, no doubt. Another thing is, let's talk about KU for a moment. Because KU, this is their home and away schedule. So these are the teams that they're going to play both in Allen Fieldhouse and on the road. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and then K-State, Baylor, and Houston. I This is just my opinion. And first of all, I don't really have an opinion on who has the easiest home and away schedule. That was really too tough to make a call on. I think Kansas has been dealt the toughest hand when it comes to home and away. Who are they going to be playing two games against this upcoming season? Because Baylor and K-State, you're talking about the two teams tied for third place in the Big 12 last year. They're going to be going to Tech. I'm sorry, Texas coming there. So that was the second place team in the conference. Then you also have Houston coming in. That was the number one team in the country for most of last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, three top 15, essentially, teams. Yeah, you're playing, I mean, those are three teams you expect to be, I mean, top third of the Big 12 this next year. Tough, tough battle for Kansas, but it is Kansas. You expect them to win at home. Um, and then also home games, um, or on the road, rather, Iowa State, Texas Tech, and West Virginia. That's another thing. How did Iowa State avoid Allen Fieldhouse? Right. They are not going to KU. KU is going there. The Big 12 throwing a bone at Iowa State. They do not have to play KU twice. But also go down Fieldhouse, Texas Tech, West Virginia, and UCF. Now for the women's basketball schedule for K-State. We all know, and this has been well said on this show many times, brought up many times, K-State women's basketball and its roster is stacked this season. We are talking early 2000s kind of stacked for K-State women's basketball. Probably the most stacked since back then. And this might actually have more depth than those teams did. But, of course, that kind of thing will we'll just have to wait to be seen. But it definitely has the pieces to make a run this year. A run that we haven't seen in a long time for K-State women's basketball. When it comes to who K-State women's basketball will play home and away, KU, Iowa State, UCF, Texas, and Oklahoma. The home-only games for the Cats will be Houston, BYU, West Virginia, and Oklahoma State. The away-only games is Baylor, Texas Tech, Cincinnati, and TCU. Now, I don't know a whole lot. I I, I have an idea. I I know, you know, Cincinnati, uh, BYU, Houston, they had losing records last year. And I think UCF did too. So all four of those women's basketball programs that are coming in with the new, you know, the four new teams, they're not doing too hot right now. No. No. But the rest of the home and away for K-State in those five matchups, the five opponents that they have, the Big 12 did not really hold back any punches. They're giving K-State a a real opportunity to earn their place, if they're that legit. That's one way of looking at it. Because Texas and Oklahoma, just going based on what they had last year, and again, I'm not sure exactly what everybody's done in the portal and recruiting, but I'm kind of going off what's you know, what was last year, I think Oklahoma has a lot returning from last year, other than Taylor Robertson. Texas and Oklahoma won the Big 12 last year. Mm-hmm. K-State will play them twice. Iowa State, who has some of the best players, not just in the Big 12, in the country, on their team, finished third place in the Big 12, 
K-State's going to play them twice. And then KU, which was a real matchup problem last year for the Cats, of course, going to be playing them twice. The only soft spot in that home-and-away schedule is UCF. That is going to be a tough schedule for K-State women's basketball this upcoming season. All right, still to come at 510, we're going to go no stone unturned. Eric Wolford and former K-State baseball coach Mike Clark in studio. But coming up next, we're going to hear from King Felix, an abbreviated press conference yesterday with the Chiefs media after he had his first practice at Chiefs training camp yesterday. That's next on the game. Have you seen pictures today, Troy, of Lane Kiffin at SEC Media Days? Yeah, he looked like he was on a bad high. Well, that's the thing. I mean, it's because of the way his hair is. And you can also kind of – it feels like you can also see it in his face. It looks like Lane Kiffin last night, who spoke to the media – this is probably two or three hours ago – spoke to the media after an all-nighter. Rager, whatever. And then it's like – Maybe he's still a little bit hungover. Took yeah. a while to get out yeah. of bed. Yeah. And right I, before going uh, up to the podium, maybe... I, uh, uh, I don't want to put this jacket on this morning, maybe man. Maybe fingers, oh. uh, fingers through the uh, hair and trying to fluff up the hair, make it look good before he steps up to the podium. He needed more to the fingers. He needed a brush or something. Oh, maybe a shower. so bad. Dang it. Oh, I should not have had that last one last night. I mean, we've all been. Have there. you been drunk before? Yeah. <laughs> is that is that drunk, Troy? Uh, yes, that is. That's usually the morning after. Yes, you do a, a bad oh, butthead God. impression. The hell I thought that's was, what you're going at for. What the hell was I thinking last night? Jesus. I thought you're trying to go for a Beavis and butthead. <laughs> Can't you do a Beavis? <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. I need to slide into it a little. Yeah. Lane Kiffin looked a bit rough today, but he answered the questions and, by the way, also wanted to go off on the state of college football. Hates where the transfer portal and uh, NIL is. The worst spokesman for any of those things. All right, let's get to uh, Felix Anudike Uzama. He is a celebrity now in Kansas City. A big deal. And we're going to hear his thoughts on that here in just a moment. He had his first... Post-Chiefs practice press conference, and we're talking about training camp because Rooks, when they report yesterday or two days ago and then had their first practice yesterday, and then the veterans are going to be reporting on Friday. I mean, maybe that's when the real practice starts, when the vets get in here because that's when all the other defensive ends that are going to come in and compete with him about spots. Well, maybe I shouldn't say compete for spots. I think that's really already drawn up. I think a rough draft of the depth chart would tell you George Karloftis would be a starter, of course. Uh, and then Charles Aminahue was signed in the offseason from the Texans. Uh, after a couple of years in the, with the Texans, he's a four-year vet. I would think he would win the starting job there. 
Um, but Felix, Andy DK, Uzama, and Mike Dana would probably be your backups mm-hmm. at defensive end. I mean, you just need an extra boost with the pass rush with Frank Clark you know, being let go in the offseason. Chris Jones is still around. Derek Nadi still around on that interior part of the defensive line. Felix, Andy DK, Uzama was, of course, brought in to compete right away. Um, so let's get to it. Felix, Andy DK, Uzama having his first press conference after a practice officially with the Kansas City Chiefs in training camp. Here's an abbreviated part of that presser. How hard was today? Today, I'm not going to lie, today was tough. Uh, Obviously, almost every first fall camp, like even in college, every first fall camp is always going to be tough. You already got to get, you have to get in shape, football shape, because all the training and stuff like that is not not the same as football shape. So today was tough. Um, Hopefully these next three days is going to be easier, and then when the vets come, we'll already be in shape and ready to go. You were coming off the hand injury during OTAs. How are you feeling now? Do you feel 100% that you're still yeah. trying to get comfortable with? Yeah, my hand's 100%. Like, everything's fine. Did you know that in the Sugar Bowl? Is that what? I heard that in the Big 12 Championship. Last okay. last play of the game. Literally. No, last defensive play of the game. Yeah. So. Chip, yeah, championship. I just never, I didn't know it was torn until I went to start, start training. And then they told me to get surgery uh, right after pro day. So. Uh, it was very tough, um, especially they dropped me to play right away, dropped me for a first round, so all the coaches expect a lot of, out of me. So it was just very hard and very tough that I can't do exactly what they want me to do right away. So it was just a lot of mental reps, a lot of mental just learning the playbook, a lot of knowing their technique and stuff like that, even though I can't do it on the field, it's just I got to do it mentally. You talked a minute ago about the expectations the coaches have. You know, what, what are your expectations for yourself as a person? My expectation is just bottom line, just get through the playbook, just learn from the vets, because obviously the vets, they won a Super Bowl championship. So I say I even said it before in another press conference. They, they've already been in this position. So I need to learn as much as I can from the vets and as much as I can just from my coaches so I can be able to uh, help the team out. You mentioned learning a playbook. Spags' defense is known to be pretty tough. Yeah. Uh, how far along are you in the playbook and how much have you actually learned so far? I don't know how to really answer that question. I'm pretty decent with the playbook. Obviously, yeah. I'm new. Um, I'm just learning the playbook now, so um, I just need to keep going in the playbook, learning every day, day by day. Ask the coaches, ask the vets, hey, uh, just like pointers and stuff like that, and just honestly focus on So we got a, quite a bit of time, just especially this whole camp, so uh, hopefully by then I'll be, have this playbook down. So. You mentioned getting drafted in your hometown. How has your life in Kansas City changed since you, you did get drafted in a couple months? Uh, it's just I had to move differently. Um, I Obviously, I can't really move the same. I can't really go to grocery stores because everybody thinks I'm a celebrity now. So uh, it's, it's it's very different, I will say. But um, at the same time, it comes it comes with the price, being drafted to hometown and all that stuff. So it just I knew if me doing that is going to come. So it just again, I just had to move differently. Have your buddies at home from from high school and uh, your buddies at K State kind of kept your your ego in check? Oh my no, they they know I'm not the high ego type guy. They know that. Um, they know how humble I am. I never, I never even, st- I never even like try to rub it in their face about where my position is at the same time. Because at the end of the day, God gave me this gift, and um, God gave everybody a different journey. So uh, I never, I never ever want to even rub it in their face. I hang out with them almost all the time. Like, I, like this past Saturday, I hang out with my high school friends, um, just, uh, just hanging out with them before I go to training camps because I won't see them for a minute because they're gonna go back to college. So I just wanted to ask you, just uh, set the record straight. Who got the better of the Oklahoma matchups with you and Wanye? Uh, Wanye, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I went against, I didn't go against Wanye or last last year, but the year before that, uh, I did get a sack on you, even if 
you can check my record and stuff like that. You'll, you'll see. You'll see. Like he he knows it too because I was always rubbing in his face all the time. But uh, but no no he's a great player. Uh, he trash talk, but at the same time he he keeps it like cordial because uh, there's one time like my literally my whole chain was out. He's like, hey, touch your chain before my, one of my teammates starts snatching it. So like he yeah like he he's respectful too. So I, I appreciate him for that. Once again, that's Felix City DK Uzama after his first training camp practice uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs. So going back to the hand injury. Uh, that was actually a thumb injury that was suffered in the Big 12 championship game. I remember hearing a little bit about that, like, you know, maybe something might be wrong with his hand, but mm-hmm. didn't seem like it was a big deal. I don't remember all the details. Actually, I don't really think back. In the back of my head, I was like, do I recall a hand injury with Felix uh, after the Big 12 championship game? And then I found some old notes that, yes, but it wasn't like anything on the record. So, uh, and he had never mentioned it in, in media stuff leading right. to the Sugar Bowl. Uh, so I had completely forgot about that, but how about that? Felix with a hand injury heading, uh, you know, that happened right at the end of the Big 12 championship game, heading into the Sugar Bowl that needed some, needed whatever, like some intense uh, recuperating and a comeback, and now he's finally good to go. I'm I'm curious to know when they truly determined that it was that, whether he had approached anyone about it before the game at all or just where the discussion went because it really strikes me as odd that it was that bad of an injury and nothing got done until after the draft yeah the only real storyline i remember is k-state's gonna have all their guys and alabama's gonna have all their guys yeah let's go and it turned out to be, you know, what was it, 45 to 20 at the yes. end of the day. But never yes. forget, K-State led 10 nothing. They led 10 nothing in that first quarter against Alabama uh, back on December 31st. Uh, speaking of Alabama, their offensive lines coach, Eric Wolford, is going to be in studio to talk No Stone Unturned, 15th annual Wildcats for No Stone Unturned, happening this weekend here in Manhattan. We'll get more of those details coming up at 510, and he's not going to be alone. Former K-State baseball coach Mike Clark in studio as well uh, with Troy and myself. Um, You know, Patrick Mahomes uh, was in the news for apparently doing a bad thing, but I see it as a very understandable and appropriate thing. That's coming up next on The Game. So apparently somebody in Kansas City won a portion of that Powerball last night's drawing. Got the five numbers besides the Powerball. Is that what it was? Would be four hundred and fifty-six grand. Uh, four hundred fifty-six grand. Four hundred fifty thousand dollars. Okay. So yeah, not as not they, as much as were, I thought it there was. There were six. I know that there were six that sold that were that way. KNBC really throwing me off with their headline here. What a portion of Wednesday's. Billion dollar Powerball jackpot. I'm like, well, four hundred fifty grand. I mean, yes, that is a lot of money, but that barely scratches the surface when it comes to a billion dollars. Did it get up to a billion dollars? Yes, it did. Was it? Yeah, yes. it was one point oh nine eight. Travion, when the Powerball is is really high, right? How does that change your job? Is the lines considerably grow when the Powerball gets higher? More people are interested in getting Powerball. People that you know, regulars that usually don't get lottery start getting lottery you know i mean it's just kind of goes with the territory it was much more crazy the last time when it was like 
it was much higher than even a billion. I can't remember how high it got, whatever. But um, this time it was kind of more chill compared to the last time. But like, because I, I remember when I worked at a convenience store, this happened one time where the 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 jackpot was crazy high and now everybody wanted to start buying lottery tickets, which I'm like, you know what? Like, why aren't you trying to go for it when it's like 300 million? You know, that's a pretty good chunk of change as well. I as think if, people, you know, a billion's going to make that, you know, the big difference between three. It is a big difference, but not in just when it's considering your life. I think people just hear about it in the news and stuff more, so they get yeah, true. They gets, get stuck in your mind, so you're like, oh, yeah. Because even, like, the Mega Millions right now, it's, like, at $720 yep. million or something. One, uh, of, one of the things that uh, I found interesting is that someone recently sent out uh, a shot of a store that literally sits on the California side of the Nevada state line by 50 feet, but it markets only in lottery tickets because Nevada doesn't allow sales of the lottery tickets. No Powerball, no Mega Millions, none in of Nevada? It. Yeah, because the casinos don't want the competition. Well, I hear you. But it's not, it's not that much competition. And they say that this store has constant traffic. It's constant because of the people coming through to buy lottery tickets. That is funny. But it's not Nevada. People are buying a dollar, right. two bucks here and there. A right. couple scratchers. I mean, you're, you, you want at least $5 a hand for, for blackjack. If you can get lucky, you can find dollar blackjack. And once the sun goes down, then you're talking at least 10 to $15 a hand right. in blackjack. Nevada, there's not really any competition. 7, 10, 11, 13, 24, Powerball of 24 as well. I didn't play. What I was mentioning with Travion earlier, the biggest differences I saw was yes, more people were buying Powerball, but they were also buying no more like you know it used to be if it was just a normal jackpot amount to buy a couple of bucks, maybe maybe up to as much as five dollars in Powerball. People, when it gets this high, you're talking ten dollars, twenty dollars. I can remember a couple of fifty dollar, at least fifty dollar purchases of Powerball when it got really high. Oh yeah, there's like it gets really high up there, probably like in the two hundreds I've seen within the last week. It's never it's, saw it that high. It's more so. This is more, you know, this town's more, you know, into that I guess because there's more people buying. I mean, even just on a regular day, I'll sell four hundred dollars worth of scratchers to somebody, um, depending. But um, what's also it's more so like when it's the actual drawing night like within the hour before it cuts off that's when people start like rushing in and buying as much as they oh when it gets closer can. to seven o'clock yeah. when they draw yeah that I didn't run into too much like people are just trying to get there right as a, at the deadline no that not really just people will spend half their paycheck on powerball right if it, it gets to a high jackpot I'm like well already the odds are like one in 216 million or something crazy like that. Buy another draw. Now it's, you know, down to what? One in 110 million chance or whatever the odds are at that point. Once you buy a second draw, it's 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 darn near impossible to win. But, man, I would love to win it. 720 million is Mega Millions tonight. It draws tonight? Draws tonight. Oh, man. And it's two bucks a draw, isn't it? It is. They mm-hmm. and Powerball now two bucks a draw. Well, now I got to go buy twenty dollars in, in lottery tickets. Also, but the thing is, I've never seen anything more crazy when it comes to lottery tickets than than the crossword scratchers. 
And it's because there's people out there that think that they have studied this enough and done scratchers enough. And Travion can relate to this. I know he's ran into this. That people will come up and ask you, what number are you on your crossword scratcher? I, I can't remember how far the number goes in like crossword scratchers, like 220. Let's just say they have 220 in a roll. And they're like, well, right now you're at 150. All right, give me 50 of them. They'll just go based on where the number is. Like, like the scratchers only hit at like, you know, 110, 115, 120. Like there's some sort of pattern that they have marked down. There is no such thing as that kind of pattern in lottery tickets. It does no. not work that way. No. Uh, because people would have caught on years ago if that were to, if that were to be the case. I, I need to go back and, and find where it was noted this morning, but the the odds of winning it were like one in 1.9 billion something. Of winning Powerball? Last night. Oh, I, I rattled off like one in one, like 216 million. Yeah. It's it way was, more than that? No, it was way more than that for last night, given the number of tickets that were being sold. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll get to Patrick Mahomes next on the game. About 15 minutes away from talking No Stone Unturned with Eric Wolford and Mike Clark in studio. They'll be joining us uh, right around 510. Wrapping up our one of the show, um, you know, Patrick Mahomes, how many celebrity golf tournaments has he competed in in the last couple of months? Well, the big one was last weekend. That was the Pro-Am that everybody does. But he was also you know, competing against Steph Curry and was it Clay Thompson yeah. with, with Travis Kelsey yeah. in Vegas? Yeah, that one was the, the specially televised one. Yeah, but I think he's done now like four or five tournaments. Sure. Uh, but you mentioned that the recent one, and there's been this video that has gone viral from it with a kid asking for an autograph, but there, there are fans that could attend this Pro-Am, and uh, Mahomes kind of got caught in a pickle here because... Uh-oh. He has been trying to do the best he can to make his fans happy at these golf tournaments by signing autographs. Um, but I, I guess during this last outing, celebrity golf tournament, he was in the middle of a hole. Oh. And right behind him, there's a kid that politely asked for an autograph. And Mahomes explained that, well, that's actually a couple of incidents. But he did explain with one of them that, because of him signing autographs, it's slowing down the pace of play, really clogging things up, and they got to keep it moving. And so now what he was telling this kid was, I can't make everybody happy. If I sign one, I got to sign everybody's. And something mentioned about, I can't just do one out of 100. That'll make 99 of them sad. And then the dad comes in, and he's like, well, that's fine. They could be sad, but let's. how about making one happy? Jesus, I I hated that. I hated hearing that from the father. I and I'm sure like afterwards there's going to be an opportunity like catch him at the end while they're leaving and try to snag an autograph. Yeah, real quick. Know the time. Know where you're at. Complete lack of awareness. And I don't mind like the kid just politely asking, trying to get the autograph. Mahomes is trying to do what he could, and I think deep down Mahomes wanted to sign that autograph. Sure, he really did. But it's gone viral. It started out that. It, it, it sounded like Mahomes was kind of being a jerk, but then it's like, no, like this dad is just, it, it's at the point where he's begging for the autograph pretty much. 
by stating, well, you don't want this bad image. You don't want a bad percentage of autographs, or you can at least do the one, make a kid happy. But Holmes doesn't owe you anything. Right. Doesn't, doesn't owe anything, and let's be perfectly honest, there's probably a rule in place that you're not supposed to be asking for that when they're on the course anyway. Right. I mean, it seems like when it comes to the unwritten rules of, of sports, when it's golf, it seems like they have a bunch of them. Yes. Including probably interaction with golfers you know, during well, a hole or during the pace of play or whatever. But I would even say that you would expect that they would have one in terms of a rule on the ticket if you're attending that event. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Because that's a total pain in the backside. When's the last time you asked somebody for an autograph? Oh, geez. I think maybe um, probably the last time was when I was involved with a baseball Hall of Fame event out in Denver about 25 years ago. I remember this. Because, I mean, how could you not ask when you see Bob Feller? This was back in the day. Um but I went to a, a WWE show, and The Undertaker was walking out. Nice after the show, and I like it. What there wasn't a whole lot of people over there, and I was like, Undertaker, Undertaker, autograph or picture, or whatever. Didn't even acknowledge Ouch. that anybody was over there. But The Undertaker, that was the guy that really protected the persona throughout his career sure he's now finally like opening up and be like all right career's over i can now talk about these things right went like 30 years of not doing interviews not doing a thing because it would possibly you know in a way not ruin the image and in the gimmick right but open up a little bit too much all right coming up next stick around because we got no stone unturned coming in next eric wolford and former k-state baseball coach mike clark in studio But, of course, up next is your local news, the game on KMAN.